Welcome everyone back for another episode, episode 19 of Bullish Project. Today, I have another guest on the podcast. His name is Ethan, one of my best friends. How you doing today, Ethan? What's up, man? How we doing, man? Doing good, doing good. We were actually talking a little bit before the episode. Um, in fact, the guest on last week's episode was... Uh, a mutual friend of ours. So if you haven't seen that episode, check it out. It was with our friend Jacob. He's been getting me in the the gym a lot more than I'm used to for sure. But go check that out. It's one of our mutual friends. And then of course I got to get the homie Ethan on the podcast as well. So it's it's like full circle. It's like full circle, um, dude. I and like I said before, we were filming here. Um, I'm super excited to get you on this episode because there's a lot of things I just want to pick your brain about. A lot of things that I want to talk about and like your story and stuff. I respect it a lot as we were talking about earlier. So uh, real quick, just just tell uh, everyone what you do and and just a quick little introduction. Uh, well, as far as what I do uh, right now, as far as money, I'm just really uh, coaching kids classes up at my gym right now. Not coaching, but mostly just assisting the coaches and whatnot. That's a decent source of income while the uh, the actual fighting thing gets off its feet a little bit, but yeah, it's pretty much all I'm really doing right now. Nice. Yeah, and I actually didn't mm -hmm. know that. So you're doing, you actually, actually your main source of income, like 40 hours a week, you just teach classes? No, 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 I'm just, uh, I got like other little sources, sources of income, but like I'd say uh, the coaching kids classes right now is the main source for sure. Awesome, dude. That's dope. Yeah, and this, this podcast for me is like a, a hobby more so right now. It's not even a source of income. I still got my main 40 hours a week. But yeah, that's, that's interesting that's, to hear. That's, like, that's, that's commitment right there, though. You got to like what you do before you can start making money for it, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, hobbies for sure, man. Because if you're starting it with the intent of trying to make money, you're not going to get anywhere. Because you got to respect the daily grind and, and how that works first before you can make it because eventually money you know if even if you do make it to a place where you get a ton of money um eventually that motivation runs out because you're gonna wake up and you're like i can i can make money anywhere i can make money yeah. anywhere and but you you can't be happy everywhere so and that's actually a decent point too um like you can definitely go anywhere to make money like there's so many jobs right now and i know the market's probably going to close up eventually but there are jobs everywhere, dude. Any truck, like semi, uh, I saw Rumkey, like, like uh, I had like a little now hiring sign on their trucks, like everywhere's got hiring signs. So, but if you can actually love what you do, that's a totally different mental game. Cause then you can wake up and actually want to go to work and want to grind, you know? Exactly, man. And like, uh, I'm pretty sure you knew about this. Uh, I've been gone from Kroger for about a year now, but I was there for six years and then what eventually like just got me out of there was I kind of just woke up one I worked third shift too. I worked third shift too. So I, I just woke up one day and I had missed a fucking uh training session at my gym and I'm just like, I can't keep doing this shit, man. Yeah. So I eventually just pulled it. I, I looked at my bank account at the time, it was doing pretty good. Uh and I just kinda concocted a plan and I'm just like, all right, I'm get out of here soon focus like as much as i can on the fighting thing because by the end of my run at kroger i'm just like all right 23 24 years old i don't want to do this as a career i got to start making moves toward what i really want to do dude yeah for sure that's a good point i'm in the same boat right now and i'm actually probably in terms of progress i'm, I'm maybe a little bit behind you because i'm doing my own my own few side hustles here um, and I talked about it on, um, this will be, well, by the time I post this episode, this will be two weeks ago, but one of my best friends, I did an episode with him as well doing, um, where we were talking about like mental struggles and, and triggers and stuff. But we also talked about, um, starting a business and, and this podcast mainly comes from a place of like what I'm doing personally. Um, and I think that's, what's going to be my own unique trait to it. I, I'm going through that process of starting a business right now. So, and, and it could probably help somebody who's watching or listening. So it's, it, that's great, dude. I, that's so good to hear because I'm in that 
transitory phase right now where I'm, I'm, I still need my job. I still need my 40 hours, mm -hmm. but uh, eventually it's going to transition. I'm glad you made that jump, dude, because a lot of people don't ever do that. And, and to me, from what it sounds like, like that's your dream too. Like we were just briefly talking about it, but the MMA, uh, fighting stuff, like I, as long as I've known you, which has been since elementary school, by the way, which is, I'm, I mean, that's been a long time ago, but we've always connected a little bit back then. And then I, as much as I knew about you back then, you've always been into like fighting in general. I know you got me into wrestling at the time, which was WWE and a lot of that stuff just like when I think of you, I, th I associate you with like fighting and stuff like that. So it's nice to see that you're actually making it work and, and chasing your dreams, bro. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. It's good to hear that you got uh, your own shit going on too, man. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because you actually, you could tell a story a little bit here, but you actually just recently had a fight in Louisville and I, I felt so bad. I saw the date and, and what happened was I couldn't, end up, I couldn't get off work um, what happens is a lot of my schedules are about a month out, sometimes longer, and um, with short notice, sometimes those days are already taken in terms of days off with like other coworkers. You're, you're, not, you're not the only one that happens too. Uh, I got a couple that happen. I've been literally way. every time you, because you had one in Bowling Green um, before that, and I was like, dude, I, I just got to make it out to one of this man's fights, you know, like just to see it, and and not only that, but support you, like since you're are since you are like in a spot where you're about to make your dreams happen. And, and you're like so close to it. And, and I, I see that in you, in you because what we just talked about, you've always had that drive to be uh, an MMA fighter or just a fighter in general. So, but tell me a little bit about that. So you recently had a fight and, and you actually came back with a W, which is nice to see, so. That's uh, my fourth win in a row now. Uh, it was against uh, Wilder Lehens, who was a uh, number nine ranked uh, amateur in Kentucky. And I was number 15 at the time. Uh, they told me at the fighter interviews the day before the fight that this fight, this fight had a like potential title implications about it, which I already figured it did. But just having that kind of uh, like absolute there, that definite like stipulation there, I'm just like, all right, I I got to show out for this one. And also too, like one of my big things going into this fight was I hadn't gotten a finish yet. All my fight had gone to decisions, so I'm glad that I was able to come out with the TKO win against, I'd say, as, as, obviously from a ranking standpoint, my toughest opponent at the time. So, yeah, hopefully looking at a title fight next, man. Dude, awesome. And that's through uh, the B2 fighting series. So that's who you started with, and that's who you're going to be with until you go professional, which will be nice to see. But um, from the sounds of it, it sounds like they have their own championship and their own system going uh through their uh series and stuff so that's nice to hear man because it sounds like you've you've proven yourself four wins in a row like that's that's pretty incredible to hear um not, not only is it nice to hear that you're winning but you know all your hard work is paying off from what i've seen you and jacob do in the gym and all of your just super basic routines and then you're adding a little flair on top of it to get yourself prepared uh, it's just like the, the classic journey of hard work and then chasing your dreams and getting to the mountain, climbing over it. That's so good to see, man. That's nice. Right, real quick, your audio is a little muffled. Sorry. Uh, talk again? Uh, still muffled a little bit. I don't know if is your hand on the microphone or something. It might be. I would there it is. Sound yep. All right. A little technical uh, difficulties. Have. It happens. My bad. All right. Go again. My bad. You're good. But uh, good. Yep. All good. All right. So like you knew me back in elementary school. I'm not like the most like naturally gifted like athlete or anything like that. So you know that everything that you're seeing in these fights right now is purely just hard work and dedication to what I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and we've worked out a few times together. Um, and you, you were going through, cause I, I'm big into boxing, like in terms of working out, um, it's not my super go-to workout, but I do like to do it a lot. And you ran me through some of those workouts. Um, I wouldn't naturally do it myself. In fact, I haven't done a boxing workout in a while, but um, you ran me through some of those motions 
and just like your knowledge and stuff is incredible and the fact that you said you're coaching kids is like it doesn't shock me with with the the path that you're taking so yeah that's dope so in terms of the the fighting you said the potential uh championship or title fight here soon it, do you have like a sneak peek of when we can expect a, a next fight out of you uh, if everything goes well uh we're looking to probably get back in there in october Everything goes well. Nice. Yep. Let me know. I'll be there. Definitely, I got you. It'll probably be uh, another Kentucky card. Uh, We're kind of staples of the Kentucky MMA scene right now, so definitely we'll keep you updated. Awesome. Yeah, and that's local to me, so I'll do my best to be there. Because when we're talking about really anything, chasing your dreams in general, we're talking about the daily grind, and and there's going to be struggles, like physical, mental struggles, things like that. Um, in your case, you, you actually have type one diabetes and you're out here looking probably healthier than 99% of Americans. Like absolutely. You're an absolute unit, bro. And, and I just have a lot of respect for you. So, and the fact that you're doing it with, with diabetes just shows that anybody can do anything, no matter what your struggle is or what your uh, disadvantages are. I actually had this conversation on, um, with a friend of mine a, a few weeks ago. And we were talking about basically that like life is fair. And when I said that, I meant like life is fair in terms of input and output. If you're putting into it, you're going to get what you get out of it. It doesn't matter where you start at in terms of the race. You know, some people start a little bit ahead of you. Some people start a little bit behind you. But you can always win the race if you put in a lot enough work. And I, I preach that and like you're just a, a prime example of that. Like I respect that. Yeah, that, that's actually like a good quote because like, you know, people will say that life isn't fair and you're dealt a shitty hand, but it's up to you to kind of play that shitty hand like how, however you play it. You know, you can choose to wallow in whatever shitty hand like situations that deals you or you can choose to kind of make something better out of that shitty hand. Yeah, for sure. I You're preach that all the time. I'm sure you get that. <laughs> yeah, of course. I preach that all the time, and I preach it mainly on this podcast too. But, um, you know, what I do on this podcast doesn't stop on the podcast. I talk about this with my friends in general. I talk about it just with my coworkers. Uh, I'm a super big, oh, well, maybe it's this, or super big benefit of the doubt kind of guy. Uh, even when I shouldn't be, because sometimes that gets me in trouble. But it's it's huge to look at things with a positive mindset because it, it starts with the mind, and then you get that going, and from there you can do anything. Because physical uh, disabilities can only stop you so much, but if you put in the work, you can get past most of those. It's it's just it's all in the brain. And in fact, the main thing I struggle with. Is going to be discipline. I don't struggle with my mindset too much. You know, I do have ebbs and flows. You know, I am sad. I get sad sometimes like everyone else, but I'm not depressed like I used to be. And we can kind of apply that to this situation too. If, if I was sad or depressed all the time, like I used to be maybe, I don't know, two years ago, it, it, probably recent, you know, two or three years ago, I had to fight to get out of that sad, depressed routine, you know, even if there is a disadvantage, you know, because I know there's science and chemicals in your brain might give you a disadvantage, but if you fight, you can rewire your brain to look at things in a positive outlook and and get over that hump. But it just depends on what you expose yourself to and and how hard you're willing to work for it, so. I, I think uh, this was around the time when I put you through the uh, boxing workouts, but around that time, I had taken a break from my MMA stuff for a couple months just because, like, I wasn't where I needed to be at mentally nor physically in life. So I texted my coaches saying, hey, I need to get some stuff figured out. I'll see you guys whenever I see you guys. But even throughout that, I made sure that I kept, like, mostly positive influences around me, like Jacob, who was still running through, like, workouts with me at the time. And also, you talk about the benefit of a doubt, but one thing that I always try to think of whenever I'm a little bit down and out or just life's not going the way I need it to be is there's always that light at the end of the end of the tunnel. There's always that light. There is, for sure. Yeah. And in today's world, it's a lot different. Um, most people blame social media. Some people blame 
this or that. Um, there's a lot of different political debates out there right now, which I won't get into, but in, all a in factor. The, yeah, all a factor for sure. I think the biggest yeah. thing is I'm pretty sure a lot of the things that we've seen nowadays has all been happening prior to social media. And nobody knew about it because it wasn't wide, like it wasn't scalable. It wasn't super uh, viral in a sense. Like you had to see it on TV and there's a lot of hush, hush, pay off people kind of people out there. So, you know, most of those stories wouldn't make social media because it didn't exist. But most of those stories back then wouldn't even make it to TV because a lot of those stories were handled by these big networks and a lot of those people would pay off certain individuals to make sure that story never got leaked. Nowadays, it's just more like it's being exposed more because you get random people who are bystanders who are uh, just videoing it because they have a smartphone in their hand now and everybody sees the bad more often because it's displayed more through um, mass communication like social media. So. Like you said, there always is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it is what you choose to uh, digest in terms of the content or the information that you uh, are seeing on your phone or on the news or whatever. Because everything is the same at the end of the day. Or there was cell phones, there was a TV, and everybody got their news feed from the TV. Um, and if you decide to watch that and consume all the bad information from it, then it's going to directly affect your mind and the way you see things so I, I totally agree with that yeah man like on the social media end of things like i'm a little bit like split on it because if all you're seeing is toxic like stuff on the internet or facebook or whatever then yeah then your attitude toward a lot of things is probably going to be negative but you can choose like who you follow on social media or what you even post on social media. I feel like social media, even though we got a lot of like negativity and toxicity out of it, there's also a lot of positive and also a lot of people that are able to spread like positive information and are able to help people on social media too. So it's kind of a, it, it's a split down the middle kind of deal. You got to take your bad with your good, yin and yang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because not only that, but we're looking at um, that with everything. There's always good and bad with everything, even if something is supposed to be good. If something's created only for the sole purpose of being good, there's always bad that comes out of it. Uh, you think of like charities. Uh, there's a lot of charity scandals out there with people using money for not charity things. Um, and charities are supposed to be a good thing for people who are in need. So there's always good with the bad and bad with the good. But like I said, it just depends on what you choose to do. I think accountability is a, a big factor as well. Like you said, you can choose who you follow. You can choose the information you digest. You can also choose not to even open it at all. I know there's a lot of people out there that just um, don't even use it because they don't want that negativity or that pressure on their brain all the time which is totally respectable. I think getting rid of the problem is a good start, um, but social media is not going anywhere. So finding a way to use it for the good is gonna be better than not using it at all, especially since the reason we're doing this podcast right now is through social media. We're actually using Discord and I message you through Facebook to, to set up the time and stuff. So it, it's there's always good with the bad, like you said, but um, yeah. Nowadays, if you can figure out how to use those things, then it'd be 100% beneficial to you because you're in control. You can do whatever you want with it. Yep. You, you choose what you digest, like you said. You choose whatever you choose to look at, whatever you choose to follow. That's on you. If you choose to follow negativity and toxicity in this world, then that's kind of on you as far as however your life turns out or whatever your mood and attitude is. Yeah. And, and I want to bring up something to, to segue off of that, but you had mentioned something about uh, taking a break from fighting and MMA in general. Um, and now that we're on this topic of kind of like mental battles and, and struggles and stuff, like explain to me a little bit how that was for you. And, and you said you weren't in the best physical shape either, but what was going through your mind when you were thinking about taking a break? Because like you said before, you know, you're, you're on the high of the win right now of uh, your most recent fight. 
and I'm sure that can carry you for a while. But once you're going through the grind and, and the motivation of the win is not there anymore because the high of that wears off, like how do you battle through that? And just elaborate on that a little bit. I forget who said, I forget the actual quote, but like somebody said motivation is only temporary. You need to like have your routine set up. So whenever like I I was at like my worst of worst, as far as like mental and physical health goes, like, I don't know, man, like I just, I, I wasn't able to make a routine out of MMA, but since then it's probably been about four or five years since like I was taking a break from it. I'm just like that. I need, I need that place now. I need my gym now in order for me to like, feel like I'm on a good path throughout my day or week or month or year or whatever. If I, if I don't go to the gym, whether it's breakthrough or club MMA for like, I'll even say like outside of fight camp for a day or two, then something's off. So the fact that, if you can make a routine out of something, then you, you're you're probably going to be better because of it. Yeah, mentally. And, yeah, that routine can carry you through too, especially if you're down about something. Because um, this podcast, there's been ebbs and flows with the podcast as well. Um, I was talking to Jacob, but this is one of the only things that I've been able to stick with in terms of discipline and actually making it work. Um, of course, <laughs> depending on what point of life I'm at my wants may change and I may not want to do the podcast anymore but it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while especially since I've battled back through mental struggles in the past for myself personally and I'm able to kind of share what I've learned and just spread the positivity like what we were just talking about and now that we're on episode 19 which is um, a little more than three months almost four months now um it's just nice to see because i'm going to be able to take that experience and that information and apply it to other things where most of my struggles would be right now is like physical activity um so hopefully i can mimic that and and show myself that i can do it not only with the podcast but with other things too so yeah mental struggles it it is kind of like what's that keep building off of it yeah for sure because i preach experience too and experience is only going to happen if you just do go through the motions and just do it. Um, it's tough to know exactly how everything's going to work unless you're in the trenches actually doing it. Because um, you can research online, you can do all that stuff. But eventually there comes a point where you have to execute and you can't make any more excuses when it comes to actually doing the work. So at, at some point that uh, trench has to end and you have to... Uh, be able to climb out of that and actually go through the motions instead of just going through the, the information trenches. Um, you have to actually execute. So. Execution was a big one for me because uh, so I've been training in MMA for about 10 years now, but I didn't have my first MMA fight until 2020. And a big part of that was just like I was trying to find like the perfect moment to do my MMA fight the right time, you know? But eventually, I just kind of figure out there is never going to be no perfect time or no perfect moment to do that. You just kind of, you just got to kind of take the leap. You just got to say yes if your coach comes at you with a fight. Yeah. Don't give yourself any excuses, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Because some of the, it just depends. But um, there are definitely some things that I struggle with in terms of excuses, and that that is something I don't struggle with in terms of the podcast, but I do struggle with in other uh, categories like I just talked about. So yeah, for sure. Sometimes you just got to do it and just go for it. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good point for sure. I think about that a lot when it comes to just executing in general. Just don't make excuses. You literally have a phone. If you're watching this or listening to this, you can research anything you need to know to get started and go from there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty well said, I'd say. Yeah, don't give yourself any excuses and uh, don't look for a way out. <laughs> that, look, look that's super important in. too. Look for a way look, in. Don't look, look for a way, way in. That's a good point. <laughs> um, in, yeah. in terms of your your MMA uh, path, I'll say, 
your daily routine. I just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about that because some people, they say they don't have the time. They say they don't have the, the motivation because they got other stuff going on. They're so busy that, you know, they make the excuse of not having time for it. But obviously at some point you have to make time and you have to be able to take the leap of faith to get something started, whether it's a business, being healthier mentally or physically, um, anything like that to better yourself. So run me through that real quick. Like when you were first starting, how, how did you transition? And then now what do you do to stay on top of it to go through your daily routine? What does that look like? Well, not, now that I'm fine, there, there's different like time periods, you know? So like right now I'm not getting ready for a fight. So it's kind of more lax. I'm not training twice a day, you know, I'm only, I'm kind of just getting in there for fun right now. And then also to help teach the kids, obviously, but let's say when, let's say I'm getting ready for a fight, we get an eight week training camp to go on that. You literally got to cut out all the bullshit. You got to cut out all the bullshit. You got to tell friends like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm getting ready for this big event here in eight weeks. So I'm not going to be able to come out to eat because I'm on a diet or come out to the bar and have a couple drinks because once again, I'm on a diet. You just got to cut out all the bullshit and you got to kind of be singular focused tunnel vision on what you got ahead of you, which is the fight. That is, that's a great point, dude. Like I I was just thinking about what you just said, processing it, like, and and in terms of what you mean by that, if I'm understanding it correctly, like, at some point, you just got to cut out the people who are not benefiting you, which in your case would be, you know, unless it's your trainer or somebody else who's trying to give you some tips on how to be better or who's actually benefiting you in terms of getting ready for your fight, you got to cut it out for those eight weeks. It's just like, okay, I got to cut these people out or I'm not going to make these training sessions and I'm getting knocked the fuck out. Yeah. That's another thing, too, is, like, if you don't make it to training sessions, you're upping your risk of ending up unconscious on the floor in this sport, in this sport. So you got to take that seriously, man. Yeah. Like, like it's like I said, I'm not in camp right now, so I'm willing to kind of chill out, relax, go out with friends on a night out or something like that. But as soon as fight camp starts for me and I got – my eight weeks ahead of me before I make it to the event. I got to cut out all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause physically discipline. too, like you have There's to eat. Right yeah. Discipline for sure. That's actually something I was going to segue into, but you, you were talking about cut out all the bullshit. You're probably talking about the diet as well. Not just uh, people or time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, when I say bullshit, I don't really mean bullshit because like, these, these are my friends and stuff that I'm talking about, you know, having to cut off for eight weeks or something just because I don't got time to hang out as much as I usually would. So not exactly bullshit, but that's just how I word it. Just got to cut out the bullshit for eight weeks, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And you're eating like, are you on a specific diet? I, I assume you cut out a lot of the, the super unhealthy stuff, but um, I, I assume it's super strict, right? Yeah, yeah, during that eight weeks, yeah. Like, right now, especially since I'm coming off a win, I've been enjoying myself a little bit as far as food. Of course. Even with the diabetes, like, since I'm so active anyway, I can usually get away with eating whatever I want. But one of the biggest, like, parts of MMA, and I don't really know if you're educated on this, is weight cutting. So, basically... Like for me, for example, I fight at 170 pounds. So I got to weigh in at 170 pounds the day before the fight. I walk around at about 195, 200 pounds. So I got to lose 30 to 25 pounds, usually in an eight week period to get down to where I need to be to fight at. Wow. Yeah, I I am a, a little educated on it. I do know there's a lot of people who can lose several pounds overnight just from water weight and they'll take like salt baths or do low carb the day before a weigh in just to make sure they can hit the weight. Um, but eight weeks losing 30 pounds. I mean, that that's, uh, in pretty insane right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, if you see like, if you see like the videos I post of me squaring off with my opponents on weigh in day, you can definitely see there's a difference between my face, you know, 
right now filled in and then me sucked in depleted of all calories and nutrition and whatnot just waiting to get a drink <laughs> yeah for sure um and that that's actually pretty incredible that that you can do that um and stick with it too because you're losing 30 pounds what twice a year three times a year to do these fights maybe more yeah. there's a three lot of people like like me who struggle losing weight in general but like you said it just takes a lot of discipline so um mm -hmm. in, in terms of discipline in general motivation can only carry you so far like you said earlier but discipline like what do you do to not let yourself make those excuses i know we touched on it a little bit before but in terms of your your fight camp for example say you're like what three or four weeks in maybe uh or, or even like a normal person like somebody who isn't fighting and, and cutting weight for 30 pounds if they're starting out the new year for example wanting to to diet and then four weeks in they're like ah, i can't really do this anymore what kind of advice do you have for them like when you're in the midst of all of that? Uh, if you're just trying to regularly lose weight as part of a lifestyle change, and I'd say saturation is key. Like don't go cold turkey on anything. If you're four weeks in and you're feeling like, wow, I could really use a cheat meal right now, do the cheat meal, but don't have three or four cheat meals in a row because then at that point, you don't waste it the four weeks that you work to cut off any weight that you you was trying to lose. So sat, saturation for me is key. Just if you're going to cheat, just do it a little bit. It doesn't got to be a big fucking like two day binge of eating junk food. <laughs> Fair enough. I got you. Is there any yeah. point during the fight camp where you kind of lose motivation and you, you count on the discipline to, to carry you forward? I wouldn't say motivation is a problem for me. It's just energy because if I can't, like, all right, so how it usually is for me is Monday through Thursday, it's two workouts a day. Sometimes it's two MMA-oriented workouts. Sometimes it's a workout with Jacob and then a workout or a session at my MMA gym. And then Friday and Saturday is just one session a day, usually the morning, and then Sundays are off day. So it's usually just about like, uh, I don't got the fucking energy right now, but I do got the motivation usually all the time, just because, like I said, if you don't get up and go, your chances of getting knocked out or choked out, they increase. <laughs> that survival instincts. Yeah, uh, exactly. The energy, I kind of <laughs> I kind of uh, relate to the energy thing as well, because I, I don't do caffeine. Um, I talked about this on my last episode, and, and a lot of people who know me, know that I don't do caffeine anymore. So getting pumped up for anything is tough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause some people are like, yo, you got rid of caffeine. I'm like, yeah, I got rid of caffeine. It's just, for me, it was more, it was more of an anxiety kind of thing. I, I felt like it wasn't contributing to my overall energy. It was just making me have like mental breakdowns basically of anxiety. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to cut it out. Um, and that I did quit cold Turkey because I had a super, I guess, big scare in terms of anxiety. So I was like, nah, no way. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> now I just rely on my, my natural highs of life to carry me forward, which there are some days where I'm just super tired. I want to sleep in and, and not do anything. But I think when it comes to discipline, at least for me, I can stick to something for sure. If I have like a schedule, basically, if I'm going through day over day and it's like okay 9 a.m breakfast 10 a.m workout 11 a.m um whatever it is like especially if it's an off day i can stick with it more so is that kind of how you do yours as well do you have like a schedule you said you're doing two workouts a day during fight camp um and i assume you're you have to make money in between so like how do, how do you balance all that yeah so like Usually, I usually get two workouts in Monday through Thursday, usually one in the morning and then the other one late at night, usually around 7.30 to 9.30 at my MMA gym. And then, uh, yeah, that's hard to keep like the energy levels going, but unlike you right now, I will try to keep the caffeine in a little bit during fight camp. And then uh, as far as like making money on the side, you know, door dashing wasn't a bad option, but you know these fucking gas prices right all that stuff oh my god yeah <laughs>
crazy. And what was the other part of the question? Did I miss anything, or did I answer that fine? Um, no, pretty much. Um, I was mainly just asking about the um, the routine. I think I was anyway. I, I got lost into what you were saying, just taking all that in. But yeah, that, that's pretty much what I was asking. Like, just for me, the energy and the discipline, just to be able to go through the day to day and like balancing all of that. Because you got. Um, in, in terms of what you do, two workouts a day during fight camp, and then you got stuff on the side. How, how many hours do you work a day, either on yourself or for money, like, would you say? Uh, during fight camp, not really too much, like, is happening during the day. Usually, I'll wait for the weekend to, like, try to get some money going just because I'm only doing one workout a day, Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday's completely free for me. So if I was to do anything like we were just talking about, DoorDash, even though that's not really an option for me right now, I would do that whenever I have more free hours in the day and I could still make a decent buck off of it. But that Monday through Thursday stretch where I'm getting two workouts a day, it's really just rest and workout. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But you still work on it though, right? Because you're just like, even without money, you still got workouts. Are they like, hour two hour workouts how does that work well now that i'm uh helping assist coach right now that's another way for money to come in too that's good to so, hear. so like literally i'll assist coaching kids and then i'll go right into a workout where i'm at already that's how that works nice yeah that's, yeah that's that's pretty cool for sure especially you're doing what you love and you're about to make money at it like that is the ultimate goal and you're literally the poster child that I can think of for chasing your dreams. Like, like I said, I respect it a lot. So, there's other examples out there, but uh, I definitely appreciate that. Though. I'm glad I can. I don't know how big of an inspiration or influence I am right now, but I'm glad if there's anybody out there that takes any inspiration from what I do or what I say, I'm glad that I can be a part of that. You know? Yeah. Well, especially with uh, because I don't see. Uh, diabetes holding you back at all and honestly when I'm looking at your fight wins or your or your fights in general your workouts I don't get a whiff of that at all and I know some people in my family and some people personally that have that and most of those people in my experience are the ones who make as little excuses as possible and they just go out there and get it which is weird so I guess from your perspective how would you so is there a connection between having diabetes and your fuel to chase your dreams or is it just is it completely unrelated and it doesn't stop you at all no like uh, diabetes hasn't really physically hindered me as far as being able to chase my dream it's more of the anxiety i get mentally from like will diabetes eventually hold me back physically does that make sense it does yeah yeah so like uh like right now, I'm cool. Physically, I'm cool. Not, like nothing's stopping me right now. If I get like a low blood sugar during a session, that's fine. I take my time, get my blood sugars back up. I'm good. But it's it's mostly just anxiety on my end, and I'm just like, oh my god, what if I get to a point where my diabetes is just completely taking over my life, and I won't be able to do anything that I love, you know? Yeah. So you would say probably that's like fueling you a little bit more because you want to go after it while you can, basically? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. And also just – here's a funny one. So in February, I, I had another fight down in Bowling Green, and uh, it was a last-minute fight against this guy named uh, George Nichols. The funny story about George – He's hit me up on Facebook before, and I've talked to me at past fights. He's another type 1 diabetic. So wow. it was really two type 1 diabetics fighting each other on short notice when we were both supposed to have other opponents. So how that worked out was we did our thing. I, I got the dub, but that, that didn't even matter to me. What mattered to me was we're both type 1 diabetics out there doing our thing and we were both able to go out there and show out and we even got messages from other fighters saying wow we think you guys put on the best fight of that night probably and you know that's that's a pretty big deal for me like that because 
as peer that's your peers that are as tough as you saying good show out there and then me and george are obviously taking in all the motivation from that he i'm i'm in line for a title shot next and he goes out there and wins his next fight too so yeah i feel i, I feel like i almost got a responsibility you know if that makes sense yeah that does make sense it, it's almost like you have like you just want to prove to everybody that that isn't something that's going to hold you back and it's going to be actually the opposite like you're not even going to worry about it you're just going to go after whatever you want to go after regardless yeah 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 i don't, I don't really feel the need to prove to everybody else it's more of myself than anything fair enough yeah and i'm, I'm the same way for sure um yeah, and that's kind of what I meant by that. Like, obviously, you want to show everybody what you're made of, but for yourself, too. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're with yourself 24-7. You're not with everybody else 24-7, so fuck what they have to say, right? Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, too, like, it's okay if you're looking for outside gratification. That's fine. We all look for, like, a pat on the back, a, a clapping, an applause from the crowd. But at the end of the day, it's you. It's you, and you got to be able to get yourself out of bed to do what you got to do because there's nobody clapping for you to get out of bed and go work your nine to five or whatever you're doing in life. It's, it's gotta be on you. Yeah. That the outside gratification, it's only going to be there for one click or whatever it is on social media. You know, you got to get up and do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's temporary too, because if you put in the work, people are going to, be like oh wow that's so cool and they're gonna if you especially if you post it there's gonna be some people that will applaud for you in that moment but as soon as yeah, that post like, is no longer in their feed they just stop you know because yeah. and for for one it's like you know praise should come as a rarity for sure and it should only come when it's necessary um i know there's a lot of issues right now that i've seen just like super impractical um positivity like i like practical positivity i don't like oh you know it's okay like and it's hard to explain because i don't want to hate on anybody but i'm just saying like if you have somebody that sucks at something you don't want to give them false hope or false positivity if if they need that tough love or whatever that's what you got to give them to build them up and even if it's yourself you know, if you're if you're sucking at something, then you need to be able to take that outside feedback and work on that too. You know, not this fake participation trophy uh, type positivity. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel like people, especially athletes or anybody in like any kind of athletics, they should. There's there's got to be a winner and there's got to be a loser. If you take if you're if you're the loser on that night or that day or whatever you're doing, take it and learn from it. Don't be looking for some, hey, you, you did you did good out there. You'll get him next time, which that's fine if you do get a little bit of that, but you should be looking at your losses and being like, wow, I lost. What can I do to get better from that? Instead of looking for that participation, looking for that second place trophy. Yeah. I hate I hate the idea. <laughs> if you're not, yeah. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a great reference. What a great movie, too. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think it depends on the sport. But if you're talking MMA, it's it's first or last. Uh, if you're talking NASCAR, it's first or last. If you're talking, uh, like, really. Olympics, you know, you got gold, silver, bronze. But still, you can't be gold. Like, there's only one person that can be gold, right? Not everybody can be gold even if you got second or third, you still got a medal. That's fine. You still technically won. You're still on the podium, but there can only be one goal. With how competitive those Olympic athletes are, even if they did get silver or third podium, they're looking at it as a loss and being like, okay, what the hell can I do next year to get that gold? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and from what I know about a lot of those people from just watching stuff is they're not going to stop at, that one gold medal they're just going to keep working at it to see how many more they can get and they're going to keep chasing that which it's, it's tough for me because if i find myself at the top of something for that moment 
then I kind of lose my motivation to keep going and to stay on top or to, to stay uh, disciplined to keep moving forward. And you, you see these guys like LeBron James, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, like all the greats of uh, last generation and this generation. And, and they didn't stop after one championship. They didn't stop after one MVP. Um, they're still going. And, you know, a lot of those athletes have multiple rings. And, and you know, Tom Brady, I consider him the GOAT. He's, he's got seven. So the fact that he can do it once and stay on top to be able to do it six more times after that is pretty cool. Yeah, Tom, it, it takes a special kind of athlete to be able to get to the top and be able to have the motivation to continuously do it over and over again. Because in my sport, Matt, do you know who Matt Hughes is by chance? I do not. Matt Matt Hughes was like one of the longest reigning early champs in the UFC, and his quote was, uh, "Like, it's hard. It's hard to become champ, but it's even harder staying on top." You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've I've actually heard a similar quote before, but yeah. And and you know that like as soon as you win the belt, you're on cloud nine, you know, nobody can stop you, but all of a sudden you think nobody can stop you and you're not working as hard. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely that, plays that, a factor. That's a slippery slope a lot of like athletes toe, so it takes a special kind of freak like a LeBron James or a Tom Brady to be able to be like, Oh, I got on top. Well, fuck it. I'm about to do the same shit next year. Motherfuckers. Yeah. And, and I guess for them, it's mentally humbling where it's like, okay, I won, but the next day they're like, let's get back to work and do it again. You know, cause in, in their brain, it's probably, um, they're just not even worried about it. Like they'll celebrate, but you know, that season's over, you know, all right, I already got that ring. Yeah. So now we're starting a new season. The record zero zero. We need to show out again to be able to get the next one. So, yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's some cool. sort of like routine they go through in terms of celebrating and then right back to work. In sports, I've learned that it's uh, best to have a short memory when it comes to that shit. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. For because sure. If you, if, you go, if you go into like your next match or competition with the last victory or whatever in mind, then that that's that's just not it, Chief. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, all, it does make you lax, for sure. Whole new game. It's yeah. a whole new game. Whole new opponent, whole different style. Like, you have to be able to – you can't just do what you did last time to get the same results with different people. It doesn't work like that. Damn straight. For sure. Um, in terms of the episode, I generally do a question at the end. First of all, is there anything else that you have to add to the rest of this episode? Because I've pretty much asked the questions I've won. I've said what I wanted to say. But is there anything else you got for me? Uh, can I just plug my social media real quick? Or oh, yeah, dude, that? go for it. For sure, yeah. I'll post <laughs> the links, but yeah, go ahead and plug it. All right, so make sure you follow me on Instagram at uh, EJRiley810. And then on Twitter, I'm not too active on Twitter, but I will retweet some stuff at uh, Ethan J. Riley. The EJR is uh, capitalized. Sweet. Yeah, I'll post it in the description for you, uh, at least in the YouTube version. Um, I'll put it out there for you. So, for sure. But I do have a question at the end, like I said. Um, and I actually kind of want a little bit more information about what we just talked about. So, in your routine, when it comes to getting those small wins, like obviously you can ride the high of those small wins in terms of your daily routine and being able to stick with that. But once you do get what you were looking for, which is what we just talked about, like the high of winning and stuff like that, once you do get that, what what's your routine like and, and how do you kind of reset? Because we talked about, yeah, you just need to reset and have short-term memory, but how like elaborate that on a little a little bit. How do you reset and just get right back to work and, and be able to work just as hard as you did before to to get the last win? Well, with short wins and training camp, you just gotta keep grinding, you know, like you, you do good that day and then you can easily do shitty the next day. So you just got to keep pushing through to the next day pretty much during training camp as far as little wins and little losses go because you're going to have little losses too where you, you have a day and you get out grappled or outstruck or just beaten up by one of your training partners. You're like, wow, if I'm 
training like this and going into a fight, then how the hell am I going to win a fight? Right. But then as far as just wins and losses in the fight goes, like, take your time to celebrate. Like I said, I usually take like a week, a week and a half to get a little bit of pigging out going on. But then once that's over, I'm just like, all right, back on the horse because the job's not done yet. Got you. So you kind of think of it in terms of the job's not done yet. Basically what we just talked about with like Tom Brady and stuff, they're probably thinking the same thing where it's like the job's not done. So that's what you use as like motivation or discipline in your mindset when you're getting ready for the next fight, you have your little celebration. And then from there, it's like something just clicks where it's just like, okay, job's not done yet. You just got to keep going. Job's not done yet. You got to get back in the gym. For sure. Yeah, I respect that, and and I really appreciate yeah. you have uh, you getting on this episode and and telling your story. Basically, I know there's a lot of people out there that would need to hear this at any given point to be able to start what they're going to start or even finish it. Some people get halfway through, three quarters of the way through of what they're doing, and they lose motivation or discipline. And I think your story and what we just talked about today kind of goes over that, and hopefully it helps somebody. So, yep, definitely. Like I said, if there's anybody out there that takes influence or inspiration off of anything that was talked about, then I'd say this is a pretty darn productive podcast. Yeah, I'd say. I think the same thing. And for me, that's that's what my motivation is when it comes to the podcast. If I just do one more, then maybe I say something in a certain way that will spark somebody's uh, brain somehow, and then it gets them like it changes their life. That that's how it was for me. You know, at one at one point, you know, you do the same motions over and over when it comes to training your, in this case, it was training my brain to look at things po- more positive instead of negative. But eventually you get to a point where you train your brain so much to where it clicks. And Gary V said it best. I watch a lot of him, but he was like, I say a lot of the same shit. Like my podcast is a lot of the same shit. I get different guests. We talk about different things. The The, the themes are basically the same. Because you never know when your moment is, especially when somebody's listening. You never know when that moment is. So, but but yeah, I appreciate your time for this episode, and and definitely get you on next when I upgrade the podcast and and get the uh, in person set up. Yeah, yeah, man. Whenever you get an in person studio going, I'd like to be a guest, just sitting next to a buddy and chit chatting and shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot better than the video, but the video is what I got for now. So we're gonna roll with it until. Yeah, I do fine. some this upgrades. Was, this is different, but this is fine. <laughs> yeah, it is different for sure. There, there's a different uh, connection when it comes to digital, but um, I'm going to work on getting that, that in-person setup so I can have basically go through my whole list of guests and be like, hey, let's do another episode. I got an in-person setup this time, so that'll be dope. Can't wait for that. So. But um, that is the end of this episode for episode 19. Um, Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you haven't already, definitely listen to the last episode. I already mentioned it. Um, And and definitely stay tuned for episode 20, which is going to be dope. I can't wait to keep it going. Peace out, guys.